Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Bam, 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 bam. I remembered my name. I'm proud of you. I really focused. <laughs> you did. You looked into the depths of my soul. I had to remind myself what my name are. was. <laughs> who am I? I don't know. Are you from a mirror universe? Oh, no thank you. I don't know why I did a purr. So I turned into a cat. <laughs> uh, so, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Regardless of diabetes, imagine you don't have it. Oh. What a wonderful world. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a time period you would want to, like, go back to? Oh. Well... Diabetes is only part of the equation, you know? There's also, like... <laughs> Maybe not, like, be, like, interact with, but, like, see. Oh, just to be a little fly on the wall? Yeah. Ooh. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be like, which period drama am I most obsessed <laughs> with? Like, which one have I been like, I just want to step inside that... If I'm going with that as my framework, yeah. I probably, like, I want to say, like, the 20s. But only, like, the rich people 20. <laughs> it sounds like my dad. Every time I've asked my dad that question, like, the Newport Mansions in Rhode Island, we were walking down the uh, cliff walk, which goes along the edge of the cliff where all of the, most of the mansions are. And every single mansion, my dad would turn and go, oh, to be rich back then. <laughs> I'm like, you wouldn't want to be, like, the butler or someone who knows all the secrets? And he's like, hell no. Why would I want that? I want the good food, the good bed, and I don't want to have to do much. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say like 1900 to 1929. Okay. Because I feel like that was still, you know, we had some modern comforts. Yeah. You know, we weren't. Around 1920, you get antibiotics. Great. Love it. But also, there's still this idea of, like, discovery and adventure. You do have the Titanic. Yo, what it, Imagine, Emma. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine. You're, like, a wealthy person. You're living in a brownstone in New York City. You go. You probably have to be a man, though, because I feel like... Anyway. Or a you, very wealthy woman. Well, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You are a Molly Brown type, but... You leave your home, you're strolling down the street, you're wearing a fabulous hat, and a group of newsies is yelling about the sinking of the Titanic. What? My that, favorite musical. That happened to somebody. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Wild. Also on that, uh, that was a musical reference for anybody playing along at home with Bingo. If you don't know what we're talking about... You're new here. Welcome. Hi. Go to our Instagram at this podcast doesn't exist. You can click the link in our bio and download a bingo card to play along. Because we decided that was a thing we were going to do. Yeah. You can also follow the Instagram. And within that link in bio, we you can find where we are ac across all platforms and send that link to all of your friends, family, and foes in case you want them to, you know, be happy. I don't know. I can't, I, I can't talk, which is great, you know, going into this that I can't talk, but I have a really exciting I know, you've topic. been teasing for so long. Well, 
I think because this one mixes both, like, the history side of things, but also just the crazy conspiracy side of stuff, it just makes me really happy because it's super, like, it seems stupid to me, and I love it. (laughs) Put that on the mark. It's just, it's stupid, and I love it. Um, So, in this case, time travel is an option. Mm Because we're going to talk about the Montauk Project. The what now? Yeah, Shannon looks really confused. (laughs) I got nothing. I didn't know much about this. I knew that the Montauk Project existed. I didn't really know what it was. So I I, I dove down this rabbit hole. Just saying. Twice. Like, it happened twice. (laughs) So, well, call me the Queen of Hearts. Let's go. Woo! Down the rabbit hole we go. So, is time travel an option? Or is teleportation? What about mind control? Hmm? Or is the government keeping these options away from us to use for their own warfare endeavors? That one. Yeah, that's the answer. The end. (laughs) There's a lot of info in this. And so I've I've done my best to make it as clear as possible because there are some timelines that get tricky. Um, Godspeed. I may not have all the answers to any questions you have. What? Yeah, I know. We aren't all knowing. I I would I would I would love to be in this situation, but unfortunately, I know that I am not. So I'll all try right. my best. We'll save it. We'll add it to the list of the questions for the heaven cocktail party. Oh, absolutely. Great. So, the Montauk Project is allegedly a government-sanctioned project that was meant to explore psychological warfare techniques and experiment with time travel research. Okay. Already. We're in the weird. No, I, I, that weird looking to the distance was me being like, have I heard of this before? Or have I heard of a different weird mind control thing from the government? I mean, I know that there's a couple, so the government likes to keep us on our toes as to which one we're thinking about. So this stemmed from the Philadelphia experiment, which is also known as Project Rainbow, In 1943, before the U.S. entrance into World War II, the U.S. Navy was able to make the USS Eldridge, a destroyer, invisible and move it from Norfolk, Virginia, to Philadelphia and back again. Some accounts of the incident claim that it was even sent back in time by 10 seconds. So this is alleged that this Mm -hmm. happened by accounts from, you know, semen and all that kind of stuff. Apparently... This didn't all go the way they thought it would, and left some crew members permanently invisible. But we don't know who they are or where they are, because they haven't appeared to tell the tale. The rest of the crew were affected in other ways, like going insane, developing mysterious and major illnesses, while others were still alive but fused to the ship. Which is just terrifying to think about. (laughs) Very Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, this is where... <laughs> part of the ship, part of the crew. <laughs> I was scuttlefish with my face. You do great impressions. <laughs> That's a lie. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Obviously, the government wanted to keep all this quiet. Yeah, the scuttlefish people. The scuttlefish people. Is this cuttlefish even a thing? I don't know. I don't know why, but my that's what my brain... A cuttlefish is. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. 
that might be it. But I like scuttlefish. Well, it makes me think just, it has arms. Well, because the one guy in his face is like, and it like goes oh, back around. You know what I mean? Yeah. It scuttles away. Anyway, this yeah. is not the point. No, but it's a great image. You're welcome. The key item that Project Rainbow was working with was an electromagnetic bottle that helped them to manipulate the magnetic field and render the destroyer invisible. This device could be used to scramble magnetic communications as well as the unknown effects, unknown, quote-unquote, um, on the human brain and body. I could not find a image of this alleged bottle. I could not find the mention of this bottle in anything else past this point. So I'm only mentioning it to say there's some dubious facts in all of this. Clearly they got this bottle from the Bermuda Triangle. Oh no, she's giving me the knowing eyebrows, you guys. The Bermuda Triangle does pop up in here a little bit later. Oh goodness, okay. So, a report was supposedly presented to Congress to continue the research of the Philadelphia Project and was instantly rejected. Instead, a proposal was brought to the Department of Defense. Within this proposal was the promise of a powerful weapon that could drive an enemy insane with the touch of a button. With no approval from Congress, the project would have to have secret funds from the Department of Defense, which possibly came from a cache of $10 billion in Nazi gold from a train found by U.S. soldiers in France during World War II. <laughs> which is, again, a lot! I can't believe the Amber Room paid for a secret bottle. What the heck is happening? Yes. Wow. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. Okay. All when, right. When those funds ran out, ITT and Krupp AG chipped in, both of which are producers of transportation and armament equipment. You okay? Krupp. Yep. Up it's a Kruppke. Okay. <laughs> They're both German companies. That makes more sense, but yeah. that's where my brain went. Long Island became the site for the project, which was first named the Phoenix Project, at the decommissioned Montauk Air Force Base at Camp Hero. The site was remote enough, as it wasn't yet a tourist destination as it is now. There are a lot of, like, beach houses on Montauk. Mm. Um, and allowed the work to be done in an underground bunker. Because, of course. According to conspiracy theorists... The move to make Camp Hero a wildlife refuge and park in 1969, with the provision that everything underground remained the property of the U.S. Air Force, sends a red flag that something is fishy. There is no evidence that there is anything under Camp Hero, though. So that's, that's in itself fishy. Its closure in 1983 and subsequent sealing off of entrances to the buildings only bolstered this idea. Hold on a second. So the paperwork literally specifies that anything underground. Supposedly there is paperwork that okay, specifies Okay, I was going to say. I was like, mm, wait a second. Yeah. As far as the experiments go, they didn't get up and running in earnest until the early 1970s. And these experiments are outlined in the book The Montauk Project, subtitle Experiments in Time by Preston B. Nichols and Peter Moon, published in 1992. The list itself is long and arduous, as always, so I'm just going to give you my favorites. They tried to figure out teleportation. 
People experiencing homelessness and children who had run away, specifically men and boys, were abducted and subjected to electromagnetic radiation, torture, and reprogramming of their brains in an attempt to get latent abilities for psychological warfare. Those who didn't make it are allegedly buried on site, but have not been found. A, quote, porthole in time, end quote, was created in the facility to allow researchers to travel anywhere in time and space. They stabilized this and called it the time tunnel. Real inventive. <laughs> yes, Dr. Strange-esque. An alien monster, alien only in the unknown sense, came through this time tunnel and destroyed the facility and devoured researchers, causing the tunnel to be shut down and eventually the monster was destroyed. It also caused the, just the, like, the closing of Montauk, apparently. And lastly, metahumans, or humans who have been developed to have superpowers, and special serums in order to create these metahumans, were tested there. What's up, Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> what? I do want to stress that Stan Lee had written Captain America, like, it, it, like the comic books had come out before any of this information, quote-unquote, came so they out. they had inspiration. So, they were like, it's possible. Yeah. Or is it? It is. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. Okay. So, basically, they were trying to explore everything when it came to the space-time continuum and whether or not they could make humans, like, better i guess but not ethically question mark <laughs> that's boring emma yeah. why would we need a, a weaponized human if we could trick people into being good we wouldn't need weapons <laughs> so this book experiments in time which has all these experiments listed and expounded upon. It's just the first in a series. Oh. Nicola Nichols and Moon are the co-writers of each except the last, where Stuart Swerdlow swoops in with Moon. All of these men claim to have connection with the original project, either taking part in it or being forced to do so. The other book titles are great, so here they are in order. Montauk Revisited, Adventures in Synchronicity, from 1993. Pyramids of Montauk, Explorations in Consciousness, 1995. The Black Sun, Montauk's Nazi-Tibetan Connection, 1997. <laughs> and Montauk the Alien Connection, 1998. The Nazi-Tibetan Connection one gets me every time. <laughs> I have what? no clue what it's about. The Guys, I, I, I did not I did not read these books. I just I think we're gonna need to I'm get that one to... for the pod library because that it, did the Nazis climb Mount Everest? Did they take a, t a time tunnel portal? Right? What is happening? What is well, happening? they're still in print. They're still being sold today. So by Sky Books, which, whose website is very interesting like very and <laughs> very like 2003 <laughs> oh all right yeah so more experiments conducted at montauk are outlined in the following books like the accidental creation of the jersey devil from bioengineering experiments <laughs> okay mm -hmm. the invention of the internet i know i don't know i don't i don't know where that one stems from but okay all right the filming of the moon landing, the creation of the AIDS virus, 
And this is not an experiment, but a quote fun fact. Nikola Tesla faked his death and became chief director of the operations at the base. Nikola Tesla died in 1943 at the age of 86. If experiments didn't really kick off until the late 60s to the early 70s, the man would have been the crypt keeper by that point. But time travel is always an option. So maybe they went back in time and grabbed him and they were like, hey, we need you. You didn't die. No. Yet. Because you can't stop time. You can only go through it. This is going to hurt my brain, I think. Some of it might. So these books have a considerable following. And pilgrimages are made by believers to Camp Hero every year to explore the above and search for clues to the experiment. It has been referred to as a cult, but I don't think it actually falls under the actual definition of a cult. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm going to let them have it. They can have the definition of cult they want. In the way that, like, cult classic. Exactly. Like, you you can have that. Also, within the first book, these are just honorable mentions, there are travels through time to visit Jesus, to alter the outcome of the American Civil War, and to alter the outcome of World War II. So fun stuff. I'm assuming for the better. I just like the mention of it being like, we went back in time to visit Jesus. <laughs> just had to see him. Just, you know. Wave. I feel like the, the last two, though, I feel like they should have put a, ca- a caveat to be like, to end it sooner. Or, sa- or something. When you just go, when you just say change the outcome of the Civil War, it's like, well, the way that it happened was You know, not great, but the end result was like, okay, great. But like, if you, what do you mean change it? Well, and I want to know how. So like, are you doing like a whole butterfly effect situation where it's like you take something from one place and put it somewhere else so that it takes someone longer to find the thing that they were looking for and then they're not, I, I don't know. Like all of that is very much like butterfly effect situation and... I've never seen that movie either, but... There's a movie? There's a movie with Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> wow. I would recommend, if we're talking time travel movies, there's a there's one called Timeline, starring the late Paul Walker of Fast and Furious fame. Um, Gerard Butler's in it, and it's like, there's a group of archaeologists, and they're at this dig in, like, France or whatever... And they find this tomb, yes. and there's a guy on there that like looks like Gerard Butler, and yes. I'm like ha ha ha. And then it's Paul Walker's dad is like the head of the the dig, but he like disappears. So and then they find a note in a part of the castle or the wherever they are that was previously not like they hadn't yeah. unearthed it, and the note is like from his dad, and, and there's. Yeah, so then they go back in time. It's a great movie. It is an app. I remember watching this movie in, it must have been ninth grade history. Oh, wow. You got, wow. Well, our our teacher was, like, super into, like, time travel history situations. He he was also, like, my dad liked the librarian movies. If you haven't seen those with Noah Wiley, please do. They're stupid and fun. But my dad introduced me to those, and so I remember talking to this teacher about it, and he was like, oh my gosh, those are my favorite movies. And it's like that kind of genre of, like, it's, it's like, mysterious, but it's history, and it's, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I can I say one more thing, and then of I'll let you get you back can. to it? <laughs> um, if you haven't watched the 
fairly recent television show, um, Timeless. Oh, yeah. It's literally so good. I mean, there's a reason they're not just going for fun. They're, like, trying to track down some bad guys who are trying to change history for the worse. But they have, like, a pilot for the, you know, the shuttle, ship, the, the thing, the vehicle they use to time travel. They have a military guy for, like, muscle and firepower. And then they have this a historian, which... <laughs> it's I'm sure an actual historian would be like they would need a team of historians because this one woman wouldn't know all of this about all these different decades and all these different countries. Yeah, that's a bit much. But I think mostly they're in America, so she's able but anyway, but it's so fascinating to hear her be like, "No, we can't you can't stop this person from shooting this person because if that person doesn't get shot, then XYZ doesn't happen two towns over, and therefore we don't go into World War One or, like, whatever yeah. it is. But I love that. All that to say, I love the butterfly effect of, like, or you do mess something up in the past. And, cause that's the point. That's why I started talking about this. <laughs> Speaking of effects. But every time they come back in the shuttle... The people, their bosses and, like, their co-workers were not in, they were not isolated like our team was in the little pod. So when they come out, they, our team has to be like, all right, according to you, what happened on June 3rd, 1939 in such and such place? And they'll be like, oh, such and such. And they could be like, okay, it happened. This history is the same. But then it's like, I think it's like the Hindenburg like the when the balloon crashed, mm-hmm. um, one of her, it was like a a personal example, not like a historically significant. One of the people on the ground, they like saved them, but then that was bad because then she was alive <laughs> to like meet somebody else. And blah, blah, blah. basically, one of our team members, their family member, gets erased because like the right people didn't oh. get together. In the same way, in the same time, because someone someone else was, was alive. alive, and That's it's this insane. whole. It's anyway. Uh, you should watch it. It was on NBC. They canceled it way too early, but I really love it, and um, the costumes are cool too. Oh yeah, that's always fun. It's like about period pieces, about seeing like all of the fun, beautiful costumes of people. What people once wore. I'm sure it was. It's really cool and timeless to, to be like. Yeah, they have There's a whole like they have every, a whole closet, and they're like, okay, so you have to, like, you have to wear such and such. And, yeah, but then when they like, if they do an unexpected jump to like a different time, and they're they like, to, oh no, they have to like steal clothes or like trade them away or whatever. People yeah. are looking at them like, you look super weird. Anyway, that was a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Take me back to Captain America Ma Talk Edition. All right, well. I've got a, something a little bit different Uh-oh. for you. One of the more notable things about the Montauk Project are the people who claim to have been a part of it and survived. Specifically, a man named Alfred Bielek, who traveled through time and was regressed by the government to keep their secret and wipe his memory. So Al Bielek's life actually started as Ed Cameron, Born August 4th, 1916 at Bay Shore, Long Island, New York, Ed grew up with his aunt and brother in a mansion on the island. 
Ed went to Princeton University in 1932 and eventually got his PhD at Harvard in 1939, after which both he and his brother Duncan were recruited to work for the Navy and in turn recruited by Dr. John von Neumann, whom Ed knew from his time at Princeton to work on Project Rainbow. So Dr. John von Neumann is a real person, or was a real person. Um, he was one of the greatest mathematicians, physicists, computer scientists, engineers of his time. He made major contributions to those fields and most of their subsector fields and worked with the U.S. on the Manhattan Project and other nuclear warfare projects. But there's no confirmation or evidence that he worked on Project Rainbow. But that also doesn't means that it, you can't suggest otherwise. So he passed away in 1957. Apparently, Ed and Duncan needed to be retaught physics, and Dr. von Neumann taught them the theory of invisibility, quantum physics, gravity, and time. Ed met with both Albert Einstein and Nikola Tesla, okay, during his time working on the project, as they were both helping develop the mathematical theories behind the time travel situation and trying to help produce stable invisibility, which is what Project Rainbow was really about. Right. That he met with them, like, in the current timeline, not that he went and traveled. No, in the current time. He has not time traveled. Okay. At this point. Gotcha. So there was success at the first test in 1940 on a small boat that disappeared and reappeared, but they needed to be able to do it on a larger scale with men on board. For, you know, big boy war things. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, though. Like, they're, they're like, but we need to make it bigger! Make it bigger! And it's like, oh my gosh. With explosions! Pew, pew! (laughs) On August 13th, 1943, when the USS Eldridge was being experimented with, Ed and his brother Duncan were on board. As it was starting to disappear, the brothers jumped off the side of the boat and landed in the year 2137. What? Because the, the time travel situation was surrounding the oh, boat the tunnel so sort of. they were jumping through time by jumping off the boat oh why did they jump off the boat no clue okay they were got they got scared they were like i'm outie i don't know i have no clue there's no so <laughs> there's no clarity for any of this. What do you mean, Emma? What do you mean it doesn't make total sense, this <laughs> mysterious invisibility time travel story you're telling me? What are you talking about? So they're in 2137. They spend six weeks recovering from radiation burns from being in hyperspace, which is apparently oh. what happens when you time travel. Sure. For no apparent reason, Ed is then sent to the year 2749, where for two years... He is a tour guide. (laughs) (laughs) On on floating cities built with anti-gravity technology within a society run by computers. (laughs) I just love the idea he's a tour guide. Who is he giving tour guides? Are there other people? Are he he's just giving He's giving tours to like an iPod mini. Big like Granddaddy Mac computer <laughs> following along. Well, He's like, hold on, I'm slow. <laughs> beed, beed. Floppy disk goes flying out. <laughs> I'm gonna put that back in. 
<laughs> Somebody get my extension cord. <laughs> I had a professor in college whose last name I cannot remember for the life of me because we just called him Big Mac Daddy. Because his, his last name started with an MC. <laughs> And he didn't know that we called him this. But that's what I imagine that old computer is called. Oh what God. do you even say? Watch your step. You can't say watch your step. Are they on rolly things like those TVs in elementary school? <laughs> They're on strings oh like God. kindergartners for you to walk down the sidewalk. Shannon cry. <laughs> oh, this is so much more preferable though. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Woo. <laughs> that is the ab workout for the day. Wow. 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 Oh, uh, everyone at home is like, guys, let's get going. Okay, but oh, mm-hmm. here's my question. Mm-hmm. If there weren't people anymore. Oh well, there are people. Oh. Well, okay, never mind. So, Ed meets the programmers who control these computers, but they call themselves the wing makers, and they explain their agenda to him. Okay. And he doesn't explain the agenda to anybody else. He's like, no, I'm in the brotherhood now. Apparently, he's a wing maker. (laughs) Well, then it's not really a society controlled by computers now, is it? It's controlled by by men controlling computers. Well, because here was going to be my thought. If if there weren't people, and he was just giving toys to Big Mac Daddy. <laughs> but I was like, well, are the computers going to think that he is just a computer in, like, a human simulation suit to be like, oh, look, little iPod mini, that's what used to be on these planets. Anyway. Look, uh, little iPod mini. Well, I was trying to think, like, smaller versions of... <laughs> What was the one? There was one that was literally this big. It was a square. Was it a shuffle? I don't remember. I I never got like a new one. I bought a used one, and a used iPod Nano off of my friend Ben. Hmm. It probably was a shuffle because shuffles are like the tiny like square ones. Nathan used to have one. <laughs> anyway, I I yeah. Before that, I didn't have an iPod. I had a Zune. Oh my gosh, I remember those. Because, parents, I love you. I love you guys. But it was like, we didn't never go with the the name brand. <laughs> we went for like, here's a thing that does the same thing, but it's different. <laughs> but hey, it was better than the the old Walkman. I loved, player. I loved my Walkman. My Walkman was bright yellow, which was an un, unusual color for me. I then got a silver Walkman, but my first Walkman was bright yellow. Very Star-Lord of you. Oh, yeah. And it was a cassette player. Yeah. So I played the Bewitched cassette tape over and over and over and over. Yeah. The Irish band, B asterisk witched. I would just sing Say La Vie to myself all the time. It was great. And then I got a silver CD Walkman, um, and I had yellow headphones. I love it. Here's the question for the audience at home. Mm. Please also still send us your diner orders. Yes. Also, thank you to those of you who tagged us and showed us where you're listening. Um, We love that. Keep doing that. 
Um, but my question of the week for this week mm-hmm. is which albums, preferably CDs or cassettes, but which albums did you listen to on the bus to and from middle school? And why did you feel like a, a badass for listening to them? Do you want me to tell you my answer? Sure. Larry's silly sing-along songs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's so on brand. Yep. Wow. You're welcome. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Let's just move past that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had no I had no capability of other than like maybe making myself a mixtape of like Avril Lavigne and Evanescence, which I did have. And Billy Joel was on the same mixtape because variety. Taste. Variety. Um, but silly, yeah, silly songs with Larry, the silly sing along songs. Yep. I love that for you. I know them all by heart. You and Sarah will get along great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after two years of being a tour guide, <laughs> Ed returns to 2137. Oh, okay. So he's back. Yep. To pick up his brother. What's he been doing? Apparently convalescing. But he goes and pick him, picks him back up at the, like, six-week mark. Oh! So he he spends two years in the far future. But then he goes, goes back, to, back the future. to the future. Exactly. And then they go back even further to the future in 1983. Oh, what a... Okay. Yeah. So here they find themselves at Montauk. So they've basically kind of made their way through the space-time continuum back to the time tunnel in Montauk. Gotcha. Where Dr. Von Neumann, yes, in 1983, even though he's supposed to be dead in 1957, but, time travel. Um, He convinces them to go back to 1943 to destroy the equipment and shut down the experiment on the Eldridge to get it out of hyperspace, which is why the 10 seconds of time were Hmm. gone from the... You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. It lost 10 seconds of time because it was stuck in hyperspace. There we go. Why is that hard? Would you, would you like to do it again? Or are you just keeping this all in the edit? I'll find out. Okay. If it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You were saying silly songs with Larry? I love my lips. So Ed was valuable, apparently to the project, and he was then sent to Los Alamos in July of 1944 to assist with the creation of the atomic bomb. Hmm. While there, he came across files that time travel had already been accidentally discovered in 1936 near the Bermuda Triangle. So here we have the Bermuda Triangle. Boo, 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 Where a Navy ship disappeared and reappeared two months later. When he asked about it, he was told... Don't ask. So I wonder if maybe it was an experiment that they had done earlier. Flight 19, dude. Yeah. So, and... What year was Flight 19? 40... It was right after the Second World War. Oh. Okay. So, it was... It was... It was after this. Gotcha. Alright, so Ed started to fight against the idea of weaponizing fusion. He didn't like the idea of things blowing up that big. He wasn't into big boy, war, big boy war sports. To the point where he was forcibly removed from the project and from his wife and family and sent to work in D.C. in 1947. Again, there is no clarification 
as to why he was taken from his family. Like, they basically were like, you have to pack up and leave. I love that the punishment place is Washington, D.C. Oh, absolutely. Welcome. You have no voting rights. Nor will you get any, apparently. no parking. No parking, no voting. None for you. (laughs) Only lots of allergies and humidity. Me. So while in D.C., he started a company to build an ion propulsion engine with government and family funds in 1953. Apparently his dad is, like, allowed to talk to him still, so they didn't exactly sever him from all family ties and his dad gets really interested in this company and helps him fund it Mm -hmm. however ed seemed to be getting close to something don't know what that means and black ops soldiers came to remove ed from his place of business into mclean virginia where he was placed into a portal and sent to alpha centauri one an alien spaceship i know i know All of this is just like, and here's another curve. I feel like this just feels like somebody who did not plan their NaNoWriMo novel at all. (laughs) And they were like, I got through that plot point. I'm still at only 30,000 words. What if? Alien spaceship. Okay. Yep. Exactly. That's basically how this is seeming. So after days with aliens interrogating him, Ed was returned to the Pentagon. And on August 12th, 1953... Ed was physically regressed to Al Bielik in 1927, a nine-month-old. Uh, I'm sorry, what? They basically put Ed's soul into Al Bielik's body. Where'd they get this baby? What happened to I that baby's soul? I, it, these are questions I don't know the answer to. Again, cocktail party in heaven. We'll get all the answers then. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the people that are taking the soul of a little baby aren't up there. (laughs) So Al remembered being nine months old and fully understanding the conversation his family was having around the piano in the front room. What this conversation was, was not specified. (laughs) Al was known as a walking encyclopedia in school and was exceptional in his courses. He took on various jobs in the field of electronics and worked for various multiple contracts. He claimed the people he worked with began to tell him the truth about the U.S. involvement surrounding extraterrestrials and PSYOPs, psychic psychic operations, uh, programs. Soon after, he was recruited to the Montauk Project. Again? Al was recruited to the Montauk Project. But they know that he's... Ed? No, Alan? Who? Ed, Ed. What's happening? I know, right? <laughs> it's weird. It is It is a lot. It is. It, this is why I had that disclaimer at the beginning. So I was like, there's just so, there's so much. And it's so weirdly detailed. Like, I can't, there's so much of it where I'm like, I don't, I'm just going to write this down and we're just going to move on. Because there's literally no explanation past this point. But it's an interesting point because it follows the rest. Of, it's, oh, it's so much. So, I find it weird that he was like, yeah, people started to tell me stuff about extraterrestrials. I guarantee you, he was not high enough up on the ladder in terms of just being a mechanic, like, electronics person for anyone to be like, we're going to tell you all of the state secrets. I'm just confused because 
aren't the same people running the project the same people that regressed him? You would think. So why? Why would you want him back? Because he was getting too close to something. Tell him information if, unless they're not. Maybe the left hand didn't know what the right hand is doing. Maybe. Maybe there was just somebody who didn't... Well, there was. There was one scientist at Los Alamos who didn't particularly like him. He was the one of the, like, core three in the Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't write down his name, which is why I'm not able to say it. Sorry, guys. Um, but he didn't like Ed, apparently, because Ed kept trying to, like, fight him on every, on every point. And mm-hmm. so it was like, you gotta leave. So maybe he was keeping tabs on him and was like, regress him, press the big red button, or something. I don't know. So, weird inclusion, but it made me laugh. And Al added it himself, like he, he wrote it himself, that while in Hawaii in 1956, Al had a brief encounter with who he believes now to be Mark Hamill, the star of Star Wars. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's, it. It has nothing to do. It was That's by it. itself in this little blurb about him, and it was just there was nothing to do with like, anything around it. But he really wanted to make sure that you knew that he he'd met a, a a super a superstar. I mean, Mark Hamill. There you go. Yep. Apparently, there is an underground tunnel connecting California to New York, so he took that from his normal job on the West Coast to his Montauk job, which seems like a lot of work. Seems like quite the commute. Yeah, but once the time tunnel was perfected and stabilized, they could use it as a teleportation device, and he used that instead. Well, there you go. Right? No easy pass required. Nope. I don't understand, though, like, why is it an underground tunnel? Because it's secret, Emma. (laughs) They couldn't make things invisible yet. That's true. In the 1970s, he was the program director for the Montauk Boys, the psychics who were apparently key to this project's success, and to handle the mind control program. This put him in constant contact with Duncan Cameron, who was Ed Cameron's brother, who had time-traveled with him, Stuart Swordlow, and Preston Nichols, the authors of the books. Once time control operations were perfected, Al and Duncan participated in some experiments, like traveling to Mars. He also went to other planets to get canisters of light and dark energy to the year 6037 and to the research station in 100,000 BC. (laughs) It just, it just sounds like all of the brainstorm, like, dump things that you used to do in middle school of like what's the craziest thing that you can think of where would you want to go mars mars to 100,000 bc to meet jesus <laughs> yes i love the get canisters of light and dark energy it feels very scientology to me <laughs> we won't get into that but like yeah <laughs> Has no words. I have no words. I don't. Oh, I look forward to this Avengers movie. Right? Yeah, it's a lot. It would be very convoluted. It might need some some you know offshoot shows, but it'll be good. It's great. So after seeing the movie The Philadelphia Experiment in 1988, 
Al's former life memories started to return. And he brought back most of them by talking with Duncan, Nichols, and others. Hold on. So you mean to say he couldn't remember anything from his previous life? Until he saw a movie. Yet he was a walking encyclopedia. Because I thought this whole time since he was a nine-month-old baby to now, he remembered everything. He did not remember no, everything. No, by, by putting him into a new body, they were wiping his memory. Oh, all right. That makes it a little less confusing why they would tell him stuff. Because in my mind, he still had all his his um, Ed memories. And then, okay. According to this, he okay. didn't until he, he watched a movie about the Philadelphia experiment. everything from nine months and on. Like, yeah, and very okay. clearly at nine months. Mm-hmm. And just so you're aware, at nine months, you basically don't have the capacity for long-term memory. So that is interesting in and of itself that he claims that. But in 1989, Al broke off ties with the Montauk Project and went public with the information, and no one attempted to stop him. He passed away in 2011. So after looking at all this, it feels very confusing, but basically there's one soul, two bodies, two timelines, and lots of crazy in between. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no wonder nobody didn't stop him. It's not like it sounds crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure that the government would be afraid. They're like, go ahead. Go into detail. Yeah, tell them everything. everything. Meanwhile, they're like, it's all true, but no one believes you. (laughs) But they're doing the the finger thing, but they're doing it with their toes because they're like surreptitious about it. They don't want to do it above the table. (laughs) Oh, I don't like that. I don't like it. Sorry. So, other notable people within the project. Duncan Cameron, brother of Ed, recruited as a psychic in the Montauk Project because he was allegedly able to make things materialize with the right amount of focus, which, dude, I would love that. I Like, zebra cake. <laughs> I was thinking Twix bar. <laughs> Twix bar. <laughs> this all feels very Willy Wonka to me. Teleportation... Like, (laughs) make candy appear. Mostly just the Mike TV part of the story. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that at all. Meanwhile, I was, in my brain, I was like, Augustus Gloop, really? No. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thought. I mean, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. I just have, because I, I, I only really liked the old version of it, because it was my mom, one of my mom's Oh, yeah, movies. I don't like the Johnny Depp the version. The Johnny Depp one is creepy. Um, not it for me. Yeah. He's better as a pirate. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching the old, old movie, and my mom loves it. She loves Gene Wilder. And that scene where he's, like, my TV is broken up into little pixels above everyone's heads and Willy Wonka's like, well, let's hope he comes out in one piece. And his mom's like, what? <laughs> and, then, and then they stretch him to, like, right. the taffy pole. Ugh, so good. Alright, so apparently, Duncan lost his, quote, time lock during an experiment and began to age every hour that passed. And so... Time engineers had to go back in time to 1950, 
this was like during the 80s or no yeah during the 80s to get duncan's father to sire another son so that they could transfer souls and therefore information and keep duncan cameron alive for their purposes this is apparently a technique that they use a lot they just throwing out baby souls left and right <laughs> baby souls and just throwing out baby souls with the bathwater. I oh, with the canisters of white energy. <laughs> so the Duncan Cameron of the modern age apparently was responsible for the monster that destroyed Montauk in 1983 and brought the program to a halt, which may or may not have been purposeful. So he was able to use his ability to hyper-focus and create something in order to destroy the facility. Cameron had his mind wiped with false memories after his dispatch from the project, but was eventually convinced of his prior memories coming back and believed Al to be his brother, Ed. He passed in 2019, so fairly recently. Preston Nichols was a Long Island native who claimed to have degrees in parapsychology, psychology, and electrical engineering. In 1968, he got involved with Montauk and got pulled into the Mind science, uh, Sciences projects, interfacing a person's mind with a computer. There's some Vortex stuff that isn't really explained that he's involved in, so he wrote books. Yeah. He passed away in, in 2018. The Vortex stuff, I just could not, I could not understand it. And finally, we have Stuart Swerdlow. Swerdlow remembers encounters with alien beings from an early age, both humanoid and not. He later claimed that it was military officials that abducted him in high school, which he initially thought were aliens, and was brought to Montauk. They were just Ikea employees. Yes, yeah, exactly. They were in the guise, that they had dressed up as aliens, but really they were just military officials. With their berets, or whatever we said. Whatever, yeah, their black berets. Episode, whatever Whatever was. that was. He apparently had special skills that they wanted to probe and use, even at a young age, but these were not expounded upon. There's no, we don't know what, he nope. did, what he's able of doing. After the clo closure of Montauk in 1983, Swerdlow was in and out of prison, supposedly to keep him from talking about his past work. Now, he teaches seminars on how to use your mental capabilities for good. He even has workbooks for sale. Good to know. Mm -hmm. I feel like prison is not... I feel like people can be fairly chatty in prison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But will anyone believe you? Fair. But they let Al be, be like just... Run around. Well, I don't know. So, in pop culture, the Montauk conspiracy obviously has ignited some incredible ideas, like episodes of the X-Files series in Supernatural, but most specifically inspired the Netflix hit Stranger Things. So, the working name for the series was initially Montauk, and the similarities are pretty clear. Now, you haven't seen Stranger Things. Correct. Nor do you intend to. Um, probably not. Okay, so I'm not necessarily going to be spoiling anything in particular, but there are, like, comparisons that I'm going to be making that may or may not be spoilers in terms of just what they are. So, 
in this show, there is a secret government project. Check. Child with mind control, kinetic manipulation powers, who was forced into the project. Check. She's the one with the waffles, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to the, the Tumblr version. <laughs> everything the I've, one with the waffles, I, right? Everything I've, like, sucked up through pop culture about this show. <laughs> yes. Um, a portal to another world or time? Check. The Upside Down. Exactly. I just like I, I know. I, I'm very proud of you. A monster that appears through the portal and destroys and wreaks havoc? The Demogorgon. It looks freaky. I don't it like it. It does look freaky. It is very well constructed in uh, special effects. Like, mm-hmm. it's they do a very good job. And lastly, the reprogramming of minds and wiping of memories? Check. Now, the time frame of the 80s fits as well within the time frame of the project. Although we can't be sure that, like, kids who had been brought into the project had anything to do with the closure and all that kind of stuff, which kind of fits into uh, Stranger Things as well. And, of course, there are plenty of other sci-fi and horror movies, TV episodes, books that have drawn from the Montauk Project as it was presented in the books that they wrote in the 90s. So the project itself lives on in fiction or otherwise, including that movie, The Philadelphia Experiment, which has that those elements of the Montauk Project. Mm. So the theories are basically, it's a lie or it's not. <laughs> Because it's either a true, like, conspiracy that people are keeping away from us, like, the government's keeping away from us, or it's not. So, let's talk about the Philadelphia Experiment and Project Rainbow. The military in 1943 was trying to find ways to remain invisible to enemy boats, as most of the merchant ships and others were being destroyed or taken as they got closer to Europe and Britain by German U-boats. So, that was happening a lot even before... uh, America joined mm-hmm. the Second World War. So the actual invisibility had more to do with the radar than the physical boat. So what they were trying to do was hide from the U-boat's mm-hmm. radar. The military was experimenting with electromagnetic waves in order to cloak the boat from radar and therefore being from being torpedoed by a U-boat, rendering it, quote, invisible. The Eldridge, the destroyer that allegedly disappeared and reappeared, also had the ability to get from Norfolk to Philly from inland waterways, not just potentially from teleportation, within two hours. So anyone who claims that they saw the boat in one of the ports within a short time frame could still be right. Like, there's a difference if you go via coastline versus inland Mm -hmm. waterways. Although, my favorite map comes from military.com, where it says below it, Somewhere in Delaware, there are secret military canals that have all the answers. (laughs) And this just affirms to me that Delaware does not exist. (laughs) Stay tuned for a future episode. It doesn't exist. Delaware does not exist, my friends. I don't care if you are, quote, from there or anything like that. Um, You're not. You're, you're just from a strip of land um, that's probably either Maryland or New Jersey. It's not Delaware. Delaware doesn't exist. <laughs> so Montauk Air Force Base at Camp Hero, set up in 1942, was initially used as a coastal defense station as it sits at the far east tip of Long Island. So basically like the furthest you can get on Long Island towards the coast. 
It had gun batteries and everything, and it did close in 1983, but there is nothing to suggest that there is much underground, if anything, and it was sealed off for the protection of those who would try to venture into it, because of course people did and vandalized it and, you know, wrote on walls and took stuff and stuff like that. So Camp Hero does have a bunker in it, but it was built into a hill rather than underground. So it's like built into a big hill cliff side section. But there doesn't seem to be anything actually underground. At least from surveyors. Like, surveyors haven't been able to find anything underground. So they say. Al went around the U.S. speaking at UFO conferences and the like, trying to get his story out. He was interviewed by enthusiasts and skeptics alike, all who seemed to think that he fully believed his story. Like, he, he didn't think that he was lying. Which maybe he wasn't. He would gain nothing for telling it, but also didn't seem to lose anything either. He, he had, besides this, had a pretty normal life. Um, with no hard evidence, though, to corroborate it, his story can't be confirmed. The books themselves are classified as science fiction, and while they were around, both Preston Nichols and Peter Moon encouraged doubt and discussion surrounding the experiments presented, but never officially declared their books as fiction. So, like, if anyone came up with, like, a question of, like, how could you think that this is be this would be true? They're like, I don't know. How could you think that this could be true? Like, that kind of thing. So they didn't ever say, like, this is not, this is, this is absolute truth or anything like that. So there is also much more information on what potentially happened at Montauk. And I say much more, meaning, like, there is a crap ton. Um, so if you'd like to read excerpts of the book or click through photos, there is a website that is in the show notes. It's del73.com, which seems dubious, but it's fine. And it has a whole lot on both the Philadelphia Experiment and the Montauk Project. Just take everything with salt, because you gotta. So yeah, as far as conspiracy goes, this one's fun, but not necessarily, like, solid. Like, there's no real, like pivotal moment the philadelphia experiment is probably the only like true moment that they can have as a crux of their argument Mm because everything else is not able to be corroborated but yeah what do you think what a what a wild ride (laughs) you're welcome i think somebody needs to make a movie about al i yeah ed Ed slash I'm wondering out. why it hasn't happened yet. I think it's to probably not encourage anyone. But, but just it, I feel like it would be you get so many things. The the computer tour guide. The, <laughs> I still can't get over that. The, I just becoming a baby again. Like, I just love the idea of him getting to a new time and a new place and just being like. I know everything there is to know about this place. I can give people tours. I'm an industrious fellow. It's fine. And spent two years there. Yeah, I feel like tour guide is maybe not the best job to, if you're, but maybe he didn't care. But if you're trying to, like, stay undercover, I feel like if if I had accidentally traveled through time. I would, I would not be trying to draw attention to myself. Oh, not at all. You know what I mean? And I feel like a tour guide is a job that you could very easily give yourself away as not being from there. Especially if you're human and they're all computers. <laughs> they just, like, come up to you and they're like, 
one zero zero one one zero one zero zero like speaking binary and you're just like golly that would take forever yeah well that's why they they share floppy disks that's how they get viruses (laughs) no not allowed to get sick their pandemic their pandemic rules are don't share floppy disks remember floppy disks yeah we we had a floppy disk uh like station at our computer in our computer room in elementary school it's great they came in so many different colors yes my favorites were the purple ones Mm. i don't know why but i just felt like they were they were the best i don't know and the fact that you would like turn it into your teacher too oh yeah like here's my work (laughs) here's my here's my my project on loggerhead sea turtles you're welcome you're welcome mine was on uh stock market stuff we had a stock market game that we played oh um and we were supposed to like log our stocks or whatever and it was very number heavy and i literally just made numbers up and i made it to the top of the stock market list and i don't i completely lied (laughs) sounds like you're a businessman sorry sister mary jean she's listening sister something actually that sister mary jean was the the principal of one of the schools she wasn't our computer teacher sister something was a computer teacher i don't remember what her name was <laughs> but yeah yeah i really like just the thought experiment behind all of this as well as the story but i can't i can't get past the silliness of it yeah like if they had picked one thing like if it was time travel or t- like teleportation, teleportation. Or, or mind control, or yeah. migrating souls, or aliens. <laughs> Whatever that is called. Like, yeah. uh, but it was. <laughs> there was so much. Just feels like a NaNoWriMo project that got out of control. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, friends, I hope you enjoyed this. I certainly did. That, those rabbit holes that I went down were fun and silly, and I'm just really glad that I did this one. Well, I'm just glad that they were rabbit holes and not time tunnels. No, me too. then you wouldn't have come back. <laughs> or if you did, you'd be like, I've seen the year 2765. It's very a lot. This is Big Mac Daddy. <laughs> He's my best friend. <laughs> Oh, golly. All right. Well, we'll let you go, I guess. But (laughs) don't stay away too long. Don't get sucked into a time tunnel. We love you. Wow, we're getting real fuzzy. Yeah. I I, I feel like I've come off of an adrenaline high. So I'm like, I'm at a point where my brain is just like, and we're turning off. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I'm turning into one of those, one of those computers. See, my brain is off. I can't. All I can't right. even well, function. Thank you, thank you Emma. Um, You're welcome. Friends, if you have theories, if you have, um, uh, what album did you listen to on the bus? Please let us know at this podcast doesn't exist at gmail.com or this podcast doesn't exist on Instagram. Slide into our DMs, tag us, all that good stuff. Yep. And remember, this podcast doesn't exist. And neither does Delaware. (laughs) Goodbye.